Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jamil Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashef and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. It's a Can You Brew It Palooza. <laughs> Can You Brew We're It? We're knocking a dead tonight. We're making money for the company by now. CYBI. <laughs> That's right. Mm. Well, hi, everybody. How's it going out there? It's pretty weird in here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Two weeks later, you're still wearing the same shirt, Tasty. Same yeah. shirt. Man, that's two-week break, so Jesus. you got a lot of those shirts. It's hard to find a groove here. You're always like, just hour, and then you're out of here. Show five of of Big Beer Night. This is the one where the, well, the best uh, chat question in this portion wins the prize. The, I'll send you a bottle of Janet's Brown. Oh. Which is also another big beer. A nice, fine, nice commercially beer. brewed <laughs> version of that beer. Yeah, commercially brewed. Yeah, not my, not my home brew. Beer. This is a Russian River beer. You can only get it for me. So. Tell you, I'm having trouble seeing straight. Man, mm. your glasses are cracking. We can do a session oh, session beer version of these shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you brew it? But cut it in half. <laughs> we may be one more show than the legal limit. Oh yeah, We're pushing we, it tonight, we that, folks. We hit that limit uh, ages ago. All right. <laughs> Ages ago, speaking of, you know, how long has a Northern Brewer been a sponsor of this show? <laughs> nice segue, buddy. I got something left. Setting me up with the with the softball. That's a softball. softball. Yeah, right. They've been our sponsor for like five years now. From the beginning. Yeah. And they say, like, in their answer, proud sponsor of, you know, Can You Brew It? Half a decade. Like, Thank God they don't listen. That's it. Right. Great uh, for there's, us. There's, just, there's no way they'd be proud sponsors if they actually listen to the show. <laughs> But, you know, it's nice of them not to listen to the show. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, really, it's, very, very... That is very... They do like us. You know, they're paying the money, but right. they they know if they listen, uh, they just couldn't, in, in good conscience, write a check. So. Somebody set up automatic bill pay and then quit. Yeah, they're just, just like, well, yeah. Paying ever since. Exactly. So, uh, you know, if you get a chance, thank yeah. them for uh, being so kind as, as sponsoring us. Check them out, northernbrewer.com. They got uh, all the ingredients you need to brew lots of fine beers, just like these Canyon Brewit beers. Yeah, and have them get a Janice Brown kit. Uh, mention that to them. <laughs> have them get a Janice Brown <laughs> yeah, kit. Yeah, if they don't have that, they're like right, they're missing, missing out. The boat yeah, there. there you what, go. They got Evil Twin. Though. That's brewed a lot. They got Evil Twin. Evil and twin? Nathan, see, I, I tell you. Hey, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get my... Plug here, <laughs> right? But Nathan, you're take, switching over to evil. What? He's taking care of me. I tell you, Nathan's awesome. I really love Jack, having Jack. awesome. Help me out here. Soft, softballs right. for the host. You got to have that's softballs right. for the host. That's right. You, and Nathan's got the softest balls He's, for the host <laughs> you've ever seen. Nathan, you stepped right into that one. Oh man, he's he stepped right into that one. He's taking care of me. It is, he, it he is the fifth show. He's provided me all the things. I was blocked. That was a cheap shot, Nate. I really come on. 
So evil yeah, twin. Around. If you get to northernbrewer.com, check out the evil tint twin kit. That's I want to go on and on about my beer. That's a recipe kit of oh, uh, yeah. of, of my evil twin recipe. Uh, we'll check brew it both out. And you it's, it's really good. Yeah. Go 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 uh, go buy yourself an Just evil twin. Just tell them they kit. need to put mine in inventory. If you if you got nothing else, you go to northernbrewer.com. The only place you can get the evil twin kit. Northernbrewer.com. Uh, Check it out. Get yourself. A I hear there's some Northern Brewer hops in Janet's Brown Tasty. Maybe they'll just stock that based on name alone. <laughs> well, not the place, not the company, but I'm the kidding, varietal. Kidding, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's loaded with Nathan's trying to recover. From uh, yeah, he's, he's not, not going to work. He's no going to talk a lot faster than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, talking about softballs and recovering and, and talking fast, uh, AdamandEve.com is another new sponsor. Proud spot. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> yeah. Another proud sponsor of this fine program. <laughs> hey, we don't, we don't, you know, we're not that uppity uppy. We have to like, you know, oh, have the hey. highest, uh, you know. Anybody, anybody wants to uh, write the check? Yeah, we're we're in there. That sounds good. Uh, AdamandEve.com. Well, I've, I've been noticing there have people that are like telling me they're they've been shopping there. That's true. This is our demographic yeah, right that's here. Great. Yeah, absolutely. AdamandEve.com. Fifty percent off. <laughs> should I actually read the copy that they have? We haven't yeah, done it. Yeah. We, we haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, the, the last three times you've just been uh, fooling around. So right, they might let's drop see what, us. Let's we'll see, see, what what you didn't, see what you didn't cover, yeah. fellas. See now here, uh, I appreciate that they're, they're la- appealing your, to the fellas. Doing your ladies' man voice. And most of most of our fellas. How about all my yeah, brewing most, brothers and sisters? Right, most of right, right. Our brewing brothers and sisters, because yeah, we get we get a fair number of women listening. Hey. We get the, the pre-op and products. the post-op transgenders as well, which yeah. is totally cool. Right. Absolutely. Uh, we, 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 no discrimination here. So, uh, my Bruin brothers and sisters, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's your offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You get 50% just about any item. 50% off just about any item. This is like a high-gravity show is not the time to roll out a new sponsor. <laughs> well, that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so sensual we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. Oh, see, I didn't even mention free shipping all the other times, did I? No. Wow. Free shipping and 50% off? Go wow. go back and inject that in the other shows. So and check, a free gift. I know where to inject So and check out adamandeve.com for, for this special audit. You get 50% off of one item when you type in C-Y-B-I. So that's the initials for Can You Brew It uh, for the offer code upon checkout. Um, well, the when one you that do, getting, you get three free DVDs, you get a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use that offer code CYBI at adamandeve.com. Wow. Well, no wonder we're getting pictures of the sensual gift. Uh, right, sent free to shipping. And free shipping. Wow. And they ship, are, apparently they ship quite quickly. Yeah, people are getting stuff already, and we just you're, you're introduced your, them on your, Sunday. Your dick lube, you know, in no time at all. Just tossing in all kinds of stuff. Whatever lube you need. Just tossing anything in there. It works everywhere. Just tossing, tossing, yeah. Just go out there, check that out. That's uh, that's pretty cool. They're, you know, they're interested in, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, targeting a market that's uh, people that are, you know, loving life and enjoying things. They want you to You should enjoy army. all the pleasures of life. That's right. Yeah, your self-pleasure. Uh, what uh, what was that coupon code again, Jamal? C Y G I. 
All right, I think that's the end of our show. Fifty percent, folks. Fifty percent off. Uh, and, and check out. Uh, well, no, we're. I think we're past we're the Blickman giveaway. And they can't name it. They can't say what it is on the radio, huh? Wow. We say everything on the radio. Secret. Right. Absolutely secret. Ask the woods. They know. Uh-oh. All right, uh, what's our uh, what's our challenge for today, JP? Well, today we were challenged uh, mentally, to brew, mentally and physically. Unfortunately, um, to brew a beer from another beer from Lagunitas, final oh, gentleman yeah. at Lagunitas, uh, their infamous Maximus. Uh, Maximus, Maximus, so Maximus Drinkamus. Good beer. The mm-hmm. question stands: Can you brew it? Right. <gasps> Well, this is uh, this I want is an another answer, right now. Right, this is well, we'll find out. Uh, this is another uh, interview that uh, Tasty and Chad went up to uh, Lagunitas. They seem to swing by Lagunitas quite frequently. Mm-hmm. We get up there, yeah, about every five six weeks. Like minded people, yeah, right, great, right. great hosts apparently. Mm-hmm. And uh, did a did a nice uh, interview with Jeremy there. Uh, very helpful in in, in uh, providing us information on yeah. pretty much every beer we've Brewing. talked about so far. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the interesting thing is, every Lagunitas beer has been requested. And I don't think they come out with a new beer, and it gets requested. So they've all been requested. I guess eventually we have to get to all of them. <laughs> they have pretty wide distribution, so a lot, they're known yeah. in a lot of parts of the country. They just can't make beer fast enough. It's in the interview, it's interesting, he talks about their new system. They're doing nine eighty-five barrel batches a day. All right. That's a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're uh, obviously people are digging it. It's really cool. That's cranking it. Yeah, yeah. The sparge is the longest uh, segment of the brew. Sparge. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, there's a vessel for everything. To, right. So they do nine sparges a day. That's quite a bit. Pretty cool. Yeah. Lots of beer. Well, this was uh, Nathan's challenge, and uh, uh, you know he's uh, quite the adept at. Uh, you know, all the other Kenya Bruits and the hoppy beers and stuff, so... He's got a pretty good record, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 New right. setup. I think... Uh, New setup. Doc yeah. is really the only one that's uh, 100%, though. Who else is Oh, yeah, 100%? Doc is 100% for sure. Oh, he is. No, I'm 100%. I'm 100%. I think I was 100%. You're 100%. Well, you, no, you don't even have enough at-bats. I think Mar- Mraz might be. <laughs> you got have more at-bats, you yeah. Mraz is, yeah. Yeah. But oh, he yeah. not as many as at-bats. That's true. I think you're, you're, still, you're still up there, Nathan. Yeah. Taken well, on some try, beer. try again. Sometimes right. it is, sometimes it isn't. I think we'll you see. know. One time you got you got saddled with a a high dose of Whirlflock. <laughs> yeah. We're going to share that loss and go in for, again on that one here oh, soon, Zipper. Sure. Yeah, right. and we'll have a redo of that one here yeah. pretty soon, I think. All right, uh, let's do this. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we will hear from uh, Jeremy at uh, Lagunitas. Back after this. And now, Northern Brewer brings you another installment of The The Time Time Brewers. Three brewers, three different eras, all caught in the same fermento chronological vortex, traveling through time, righting brewing wrongs, and bringing beery wisdom to where and whenever it may be needed. Journey now with Dr. Jean de Clerc. Greetings, listeners. 20th century Belgian super brewing scientist. Please, please, the yeast and the enzymes do the hard work. I am merely a facilitator. Icebach. What, what? 21st century Norwegian American home brewer rapper from St. Paul. Listen, listen, I bust attenuation maxims and my yakima magnums make my lager so smooth it's like a laxative. My spit got that static power after I mash for an hour. 
I got naked ladies in my brew room all covered in hot flowers. I swing a propagation flask like a five liter dick. Get your nasty mid-drinking group on ass back to 1026, boo! And Brother Abelard. Off that witch. Be gone! 12th century English monk and perpetuator of brewing superstition. My holy rod of divine bubbling shall maketh any ale to froth by the grace of heaven. And a modicum of bog myrtle hurts not either. Brought to you by Northern Brewer, your one-stop homebrew supplier throughout the entire Fermento chronosphere. The widest selection of quality malt, hops, yeast, and equipment with $7.99 flat rate shipping. Tune in next time for more Time Brewers! Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zelishev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard. And polish your style accuracy with Jamil. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewingnetwork or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The how-to homebrew beer magazine. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah, uh, mother... White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hey, BN Army, you think you're badass? Well, you are, kind of, like badass, but without the balls to blow something up. Hop Tech in patriotic Dublin, California, recognizes your nearly badassness with a BN Army discount on every order. But there's something those boys and girls in the real Army should know. If you have an APO address or a scan of an active PX card, Hop Tech salutes you as an actual badass and offers their things with a 15% discount on every purchase. That's the Hop Tech way of saying thanks. To all active military personnel, 15% off ingredients, kits, equipment, as well as games, books, gifts, and more, all at HopTech.com. Whichever army you're a member of, any branch of the military, or the BN Army, HopTech in Dublin says thank you with great discounts. Call 800-DRY-HOPS, visit the store in Dublin, California, or go to HopTech.com. HopTech, serving homebrewers for 28 years. You're listening to the Brewing Network. We're here at uh, Lagunitas Brewing Company, and I'm talking to uh, head brewer here, uh, Jeremy Marshall. And uh, Jeremy, thanks for having us here today. Thanks for having me. Great. And, uh, you've been on our show before, and uh, believe me, everybody loved the beers, and they loved uh, cloning them. Uh, 
a lot of people made the recipes. They were getting back to me on uh, how they were doing and how much they liked them. So uh, it's a lot of fun. The brown sugar was uh, brewed a lot, I can tell you that. We had a lot of fun with that one. That ain't no surprise. <laughs> so uh, what size is the brew house here? I don't know if I've ever talked to you about that. Okay, we brew on a, uh, a 100 hectoliter system, so that's like 85 barrels. Thanks for converting. Okay. Yep, and of course, after uh, shrinkage due to volumetric expansion due to heat uh-huh. and evaporation, you don't actually get an 85-barrel batch out of an 85-barrel brew house. We tend to clock in right around, depending on specific gravity, 60 barrels for the really big Play-Doh monsters, and that's 60 barrels cooled in to the fermenter, okay. and maybe up to about 75 barrels. And it's uh, even though we're an English-inspired brewery, we have a German-built brew house, and it is uh, uh, fully automated, but that doesn't mean that it just takes care of itself. It does require the brewers to kind of supervise the process and, uh, and of course, uh, in, in put in raw inputs such as malt and hops. You have to, you have to stage the malt and right, yeah. load everything. But those and, are shot in at the appropriate time. You don't have to yeah, do a hop addition. Well, you, you add them to uh, receptacles that are then handed over to the automation. Right. And it, it's you still have to tell the automation what to do with those hops or those malts through right. sequence numbers. How much and when. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And basically the essence of automation is you have a PC that stores a recipe and it has all the recipes on it. And, and you tell that to execute, and that's a program. The program loads to a PLC, and okay. the PLC executes that, and like it'll try to do it forever. Just you know, doesn't you I always use it. To. Well, I, I like to use the Terminator analogy. <laughs> the Terminator was yeah. programmed to kill Sarah Connor, yeah. and uh, the uh, you know you tell it to brew IPA, it'll keep trying forever. <laughs> yeah. And it, and if you want it to stop, it literally has a button. That, with the word abort, that's, abort. That's, then you have to abort the program. <laughs> so uh, at least it lets you at the abort button. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's. In some sci-fi movies, you can't get to that button. That's true, and yeah. it's it's also filled with a lot of fun, <laughs> uh, mistranslated German to English words that All we right. got. All right. So you get a variable amount of uh, knockout out of your uh, boil kettles, mm-hmm. and then I, I see I see some really big uh, fermenters there. Five uh, hundreds, is that right? You have five hundreds. Uh, our our outdoor tank farm. It consists of right now 10 300 barrel fermenters and so far six 500 barrel <laughs> six five fermenters five. and yeah it's funny when you know growing up in this place I used to look inside a 60 barrel fermenter to do a flashlight inspect inspection after a wash and they looked big and then the 300s looked huge and now when I look inside the 300s they they the seem five. so small oh the three yeah the 300s narrow are small. and skinny huh? yeah it's just, it's it's funny how you're your reality gets reset over and over again by growth. Amazing. Yeah. All right. So you're you're doing. Uh, so when you start a particular uh, beer, make a particular beer, you're you're just continuously making that beer. You tell the uh, PLC to yeah, uh, really make that much IPA, and it does it. Yeah, yeah. It, uh-huh. it it does it, and it's a it's a five vessel system. So that means we we don't uh, lauder into the work kettle. We lauder into uh-huh. a pre run tank that can hold that brew while the kettle is boiling the previous brew. Uh, and that allows us to get, uh, you know, like nine brews a day for, right. the, for the easy ones, like IPA. Gets rid of the pinch point. You yep. Expand and, that and, of course, the whirlpool is always key as well, because then right. if you whirlpool in your kettle, then you can't, right. you, can't be you know. Well. So these things allow you to do uh, more brews per day. Nice. And all these vessels need a way to communicate. So the that's all built into the automation. They <laughs> they have little numbers that they show, and it has to match for them to advance forward. Right. This prevents things like uh, mashing in on top of a mash or 
And you can imagine all the fun, <laughs> the impromptu re- yeah. brews that could happen if yeah. automation were to go awry. Yes. So. Right. Well, I don't know. It seems to me, at least the way I'm hearing what you're saying, without automation, it'd be hard to do all that. I mean, to do... It'd be very hard, and we used to do it. Yeah, you really, you were doing uh, continuous. We, had, we uh, were doing eight brews a day wow. with um, only a separate uh, whirlpool, uh-huh. and it was very intense. And uh, the brewers couldn't tend to side work as well. Right now, brewers yeah. spend a lot of time cleaning cleaning tanks, cleaning tanks yeah. and doing things that are less automated. Hmm. And uh, and the other thing that's been nice, you know, smaller breweries like to pick on bigger breweries for having automation and say, you know, you're not even brewing. But what they don't tell you is that they're all, we're all growing, and they secretly want the automation. <laughs> sure. They're going to eventually have it, and they're yeah. going to realize what we've realized. It's it's it all comes down to the same person doing the same thing the same way every time. That's right. the way to make consistent beer. Right. Shift to shift. And if you've got six different brewers, and you know, as soon as a guy thinks uh, the supervisor is not watching, he he's like, "Well, I really like a thick mash." So then you got a thick mash. IPA followed by a thin mash IPA followed by you know what it's supposed to be and every brewer running around and temperatures yeah. going haywire <laughs> hops getting thrown in late and sure. these things happen no those and, variances uh, are going to occur with us and, so. and automation kind of uh, irons out all those wrinkles and it does guarantee hmm. uh, that every condition must be met yeah. and if a condition's not met it's going to let you know yeah. through an alarm right right, right. and and uh, hmm. this is the key uh, to having everything go down the same way every time, which is the key to consistency, which some would argue is the key to quality. So well, at least you can control things then. All of a sudden it becomes just a recipe and a essential taste, you know, tasting of the beer later on. But, yeah, the, you know, recipes are easy to come by, and right. anybody can brew good beer. Right. Ultimately what separates the, you know, the experts from the novices is process control. That's really what it comes down to. Okay. Interesting. Well, today I'd like to talk to you about... Uh, your IPA and a half, I call it uh, Maximus. Right, right. What is, I was just curious, what's the uh, alcohol percent on that beer? It's uh, right around 8%. 8%. Oh, it's, that's yeah, a... it's, it's varied uh, throughout the uh, throughout the ages. Uh, it looks yeah, like 8. 8 last time we went to a loud 8 and 2 tenths. 8.2. So, so it's, an, it's a double IPA then, basically. That's uh, what I call it. Yeah. I mean, they say they started 8, so. We've been doing this for a long time before, you know, double IPA and imperial IPA. We like to say Hop Stupid is our official double IPA because it's really whopped up with more uh, aromatic hops. We've we've kept this one uh, most mostly the same throughout the ages. Yeah, it's nice and balanced. It's just, uh, it's very similar to our IPA. Anyone who has the uh, recipe can look at the, the, there's only four kinds of grain in there, and all four of these are in our IPA. Hmm. So it's, it's kind of a... Uh, a big brother to our IPA and mm-hmm. has a lot more kettle hops and a lot a lot more dry hop, but it's not dry hop nearly as heavily as, as, as say Hop Stupid okay. or a beer like that. Let's get into some of those details. Now, what what size batch are we talking about here for uh, for this recipe we're going to talk about? Well, okay, this, the scale I'm going to give, and you're going to have to convert. We'll do all the conversions for okay, you, as long as they're in some reasonable uh, right. Okay. Well, our our uh, I should just say our mash consistency is a thick mash. Or thicker, and we're using uh, 110 pounds per barrel. So the way you're going to get the number of barrels for the mash in is okay. by summing all of the grain totals I'm going to give you. To get the thickness. And you can backtrack, calculate the the, the from total your, water. From your home brewing days, can you equate that to like a uh, quarts per uh, per pound of grain? Like we we're, need, we're we in need, the 1.25. All we need is a calculator. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. We can do that from that. Okay, fine. Yeah. We'll do that. Um, 
So, and then the starting gravity of the Maximus is, is what? It is uh, 19 and a half Play-Doh. Five. And uh, what do you usually finish out at? Uh, typically around five. Five Play-Doh. And uh, can you tell me the overall IBUs of the, of the recipe? Do you guys measure IBUs? 72. Just... We will uh, next year. We're going to oh. invest in a, a UV spectrophotometer oh. and uh, uh, wrist action shaker, centrifusion rotor, all the, all the things. And then there's a bunch of chemicals and things you need to do IBU. So we'll, we'll be able to do that. Excellent. Right now we send it, uh, we outsource. So we send it out to a lab and they do it for us. Okay. So you so, know. So it's, it's measured. Yeah. Nice. Well, what about grains? So what, what is the, uh, the base malt, this beer? All right. Well, I'm just going to give you the the totals right off the, okay, the great, recipe. Okay. Great. Great. Um, so we've got about uh, four thousand twenty-five pounds of uh, two-row pale. Any any good high-quality two-row. What gonna, do you normally use? Rar. Rar. Okay. Yep. And then uh, eight eight hundred pounds of wheat. Mm-hmm. Give, give it body, and we're using a Great Western wheat. Uh, two hundred pounds of Great Western Munich. Mm-hmm. And 165 pounds of uh, crisp C60. So right around, you know, all together, a little bit over yeah, whatever about 5,200 pounds. And since we're coming in at 110 per pounds per barrel, you can figure about uh, 50 barrels, get your right. mash consistency. Right, right. So, so it sounds like from your beers you do have a variable uh, thickness of the mash. What, what drives that? Uh, fermentability. I see. Um, and style. So, okay. a stout, for instance, we're gonna mash that in really thick because we don't, uh, we don't, we want to keep the color. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna. Well, you don't want to thin that out. We don't want to thin that out with the with, with the sparges. Uh-huh. But uh, and we don't care about uh, fermentability. We want it to be robust. We want it to finish sweet, gotcha. be full bodied. Right. But um, when it comes to uh, uh, beers that you want to be dry, Maximus is a relatively sweet beer, so it's a thicker mash. Um, alternatively, like some of these other recipes we're going to talk about later, they actually get progressively thinner as we get towards the, the more kind of Belgian style. Nice. And uh, that's a thinner mash. Other, you know, other things are uh, color pickup, uh, enzymes. Um, you know, one argument is that a thick mash protects the enzymes. Um, yeah. It... it it depends on which one you're talking about, so right. so it, it it varies, I guess. Hmm. But uh, ultimately, we're using whatever uh, mash consistency gives us the most repeatable results, and we we're going to measure that by uh, FG. Hmm. So so given uh, you know aeration rates and yeast pitching rates that are the same, does this beer always finish at its target five Play-Doh? Right. You start playing around with the mash consistency, you can Do all of a sudden make it finish at six, right? Or yeah. or, or even hmm. four. Don't change the and, mash yeah, temperature; this, just the consistency. Just the, the consistency. Thick. Well, the, the temperature too, of course. But yes, but I mean, that's people, another place you can do. People it. get so caught up in talking about temperature, they yeah, they lose how important consistency is. Hmm. But a lot of it is stylistic too. It's just like uh, water salts. Why why do you add calcium sulfate to an IPA? Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe because the Brits did it. You know, so uh, it's it's like that too. There's there's a lot of good literature out there where you can look up, you know, mash consistency and and how and and what the style is. You know, you might go a little thinner for a delicate lager, a little hmm. thicker for a 
big chewy ale. Yeah, it makes a difference. There is something, you know, kind of nice about eating a thick mash back back in the <laughs> days when we could reach right in before safety sensors. Yeah, the before day. the alarm goes off when yeah. you open the port down the Yeah, car. yeah. Now we can't do that anymore. But uh, that's right. <laughs> so, well, this beer has some hops in it. What, how, what do you what do you got going with that? Okay, so uh, I'm imagining that some of these inputs are not going to be achievable to the home brewer because we're using some. Oh, uh, supercritical hop extract, okay. which is a, a recent advent. We've we've welcomed it in because one thing I think that the uh, and and I'm, this isn't a complaint against the Germans, but the Germans laugh at American style, especially Western Wall style hop loads. So they spec your whirlpool a little bit. Uh, not the diameter isn't quite as as wide as what I would like. To handle the tube load. To handle the tube, and oh. you know one way to get around that um, is to have. Is to is to reduce the vegetable matter and to make it up with hop extract. Wow. So you know, that's the other thing. A lot of people like to pick on people for using hop extract, but I was just up in Yakima and saw a little miniature, uh, supercritical CO2 extract plant that was bench top, and it was the coolest thing ever. And uh, and the only thing that is the solvent is CO2. <laughs> hey, guess what's in beer? Guess what yeast makes? <laughs> it makes CO2. Yeah. And it's it's pretty green. They reuse this the CO two to extract, oh, and it extracts all the hard and soft resins and the oils. It leaves behind all the all the garbage, all the, yeah, the green stuff. Yeah, all the cellulose. Yeah. So it's actually uh, really there. There's nothing wrong. Hop extracts got a bad name back in the day when they used to make them with uh, nasty chemicals, hexane, and there was a residue of these chemicals. Oh, really? I don't even yeah. remember that. But this I is just think you know, of it as like a this, shortcut. This is a long time ago. I mean, and, I, to and, me, it's, a, it's the essence of the hop. What's the difference? Well, they were using chemical as a solvent. Yeah, that wouldn't work. And then trying to, you know, evaporate off all of that <clears> chemical, <throat> and and it would still be a little bit of a residue there, and the, the stuff, you know, is found to be carcinogenic. These these days are over. Yeah, there's CO2. no hop. There's no it's hop extract made with this stuff anymore. Hmm. Ever since supercritical CO2, which is a uh, uh, you know, they play around with the pressure, so you're talking like 3,000 PSI at maybe 100, 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow, wow. And they do, uh, they do, they, they analyze the, they do a loose pellet, and they analyze it before and after, and it's interesting what the pellets look like after they're spent. They become kind of blonde, and they have a really strange smell. Um, <laughs> the smell is, I can't even describe it, it's ineffable, but, uh. <laughs> it's uh, some 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 people are sensitive to that smell and it'll make them sick. Really? Yeah, huh. yeah. I've been told this by some of the folks up there in Yakima. So it's 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 all natural. There's nothing wrong with this. So, so pellets is the input to this process. They don't use whole hops to make the extra. They use they use pe- <clears throat> they use a, a special type of a loose pellet. I see. To, it hasn't been compressed for. It hasn't been compressed quite as hard as some right. of the Doesn't regular stuff, and and that's what they're using to extract. Uh, all right, so do you know the, the number of IBUs uh, in the, contributed from the extract? Or um, I don't so have, can equate that I don't to have a, IBUs per edition, but I can tell you, you know, when they go in, and you can sum the alpha acid, and they're all going to go okay. into that 82 hectoliters. So, you know, we're just okay, well, ultimately coming back. But the extract, back. you know, we're, I'm, we'd be typically looking for how many, you know, kilos of or, or pounds of... Well, it's pretty easy. Okay. Um, so gonna, you know, you can, you, can, you can translate the extract to real hops for me, I bet. Right? Or not? Yeah, yeah, that's easy to okay, do. Okay, good. All right, so if it was an extract, what would, how many, what would be the uh, first hop addition? Well, the first hop addition does have some hops. Okay, well, good. Let's just so, start with those. So we're using 
so this is the 90 minute edition. So this, so this is the bitterness minutes? edition getting well, boiled like for 90 minutes. 90 minutes. Okay. And we got 82 hectoliters. So so between that volume 80, and 82 yeah. Yep, and between that volume and the uh, pounds and alpha acids I'm going to give you, you can get your milligrams per liter. Gotcha. So I I I don't have all the uh, all that stuff on. Don't worry about that. We can this. do the calculations. So uh, we got four pounds of Horizon hops at twelve percent alpha. Okay. And then we're using two pounds of uh, Willamette derived hop extract that's forty five percent alpha acid. So you can do the math on that if it was. Say some other oh, hop. Oh, that's forty-five percent. Okay. Yeah, that'd be two pounds at forty-five percent. So that would be like equivalent to using ten pounds uh, times two, so twenty pounds of a hop that's four point five percent alpha. Gotcha. All yeah, right. it's Great. that easy. Great. Okay. Yeah. Good. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, the listeners don't have to. I, I do envision the day where hop extract is going to be available. Well, they're, the they're becoming more and more available. It is. Okay, oh, yeah, good. Absolutely. I knew it was going to happen. But you can't imagine that every homebrew shop uh, in the country is going to be stocked with this stuff right now. So, yeah, it depends on... It, it needs know, to be more demand for it, I think, for it to you, be... You could certainly find a, a nice high alpha hop and just input the same yeah. amount of alpha acid. Right. You know, certainly. Um, Especially at, at, 90, at 90 minutes, which is where, you know... A lot yeah. of that doesn't matter quite that much. Yeah, no, I mean it matters a lot in a delicately flavored yeah, like lager. That. Right. But uh, you know, I, I do believe that uh, the later you add something, the more substitution matters because someone's going to notice. Yeah, it's more. Detailed. So you start screwing around with the whirlpool hop, all of a sudden somebody might know. Hey, you know, you guys ran out of this and you <laughs> use this. What's going on? And you can't mess Sounds around. Sounds like with the you don't like the questions when they co- they email you and say, hey, "Oh, well, you know what? It doesn't happen very right, much." Damn them. It's the best part is is usually someone thinks that they know something for and sure yeah. when we look it up, and uh, and and in the end, it, it was a you know they got like a an eight month old beer or something, and all yeah. the hops had retreated anyway, and you know so there's that aspect for sure. Yeah. All right, so you got a ninety minute edition. What's the next edition? So the next we do an exact middle, so a forty five minute edition, okay. and we're going to use uh, some more uh, uh, aroma hops. Okay. So uh, uh, just reading through them, we're using twenty pounds of Willamette at a five point two percent alpha. Ten pounds. Okay. Of ten pounds of Centennial at a ten percent alpha. Okay. All right. 10 pounds of Cascade at a 6%. Okay. 10 pounds of Liberty at a 4%. Okay. And uh, I was just up in Yakima, and I can tell you, the uh, alphas are a little down this year. Um, so we're talking By little, 2010 like- crop. Uh, just it was a it was a cool mild wet summer up in Yakima. Now so this is actually five point fives are now five point two or is it five point fives are now five. Oh. But you know I'm generalizing. Okay. It depends that, on what hop you're talking about but here. Nothing major. They're just down. Nothing major. Uh, this is the good news. I actually look at it as one of the best crops ever because that cool weather and that that kind of rain it it uh, it did decrease yields. But what it did do is it made hops oily. And I've yet to hear back from the lab. This is pure speculation on my behalf, but we did the rubs, and the hops are just blowing up with aroma. <laughs> they just smell so good. And I remember uh, previous years that they didn't smell this good. And uh, I asked the uh, lab guy, 
uh, up at one of the, um, the hop merchants we were at up there, have you have you done any oil analysis? And and told him my theory. I'm pretty sure that they're clocking in at higher oil. It just seems like it. Mm. And he said uh, he would he would let me know, but he's too busy doing you know the stuff that really drives the hop industry, which is alphas, oh, yeah. and uh, and you know dry matter up there. They were finding out if they were ready or not, and they they do that by uh, how dry they are. Hmm. You know, they right. don't just squeeze them and see how you know if they bounce back or what the farmers do. You know, they take them to the lab, and the lab will say, yeah, yeah, pick them. So, well, wow, so that's quite a variety there at forty-five minutes. You guys are, uh, yeah, that's, really that's layer, a, layering them in there. That's a that's an old school Lagunitas thing, a huge <laughs> middle edition, sort of a homebrew style. Yeah, it's a homebrew. Maybe style. a few too many hops. I don't know. Yeah, right. So um, okay, so uh, so we got our uh, next one's what? When's well, the next edition? Yeah, as long, as long as we're talking about the boil, we should mention um, oh. uh, the the fifteen minute uh, World Flock edition. So Irish Moss. Use Irish Moss. Yeah, everybody's going to use use that. Um, just don't want to miss that. Some people throw it in with hops, some people don't. Um, but I just didn't want to leave that out because that's important for a good true pack. Certainly worth mentioning, yes. Yep. And uh, and then our Whirlpool edition. So this oh, is yeah. the zero. Zero minutes, right? It's just a, a 22 pounds of Cascade. 22 in the Whirlpool. Mm-hmm. And uh, how long is it in the Whirlpool before you? Uh, uh, basically, start it, it 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 goes in. And we do about a 20-minute rest, and then we start cooling in, and a cool-in takes about 40 minutes. So, right, so it's 20 minutes. So it's like an hour. An hour is the maximum amount of time that it's in the there. The last drop is an hour, and then the... Yeah, by an hour, it's gone. It's gone. It's, or all the word is okay. in the so ferment. 20, everything's got at least 20 minutes yeah, exactly. on the cascade. That's true. Okay. Do you have any idea? I'm, this is more my curiosity. It doesn't matter for the recipe, but uh, at the end of the uh, hour, how what's the temperature of the, of the beer in the, in the world? That's a good question. Uh, hot? The computer's not telling you that? It's hot. No, they, that's one okay, thing. Would you say it's above? What would you say it's above? Above 194? Oh, I'm, I'm, I think it's around 200. You know, 200? I've often wondered that. The Germans are so parsimonious in, you know, making sure that the, the uh, you know, they're, they're going to try and keep it simple and not have too many probes because more probes is just more things to break. Sure but it's also be. more things to sell. And uh, at the end of the day, we you, we don't want to go broke buying our brew house, and right. we know that it's hot. But that's an interesting question. And well, I definitely it, it doesn't really matter too much because it's probably the same since you're in, you know. And uh, for consistency purposes, it's more about process than yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I'm sure it's the the same temperature, uh, and maybe a little colder in the winter. Yeah, that might. Yeah, and a little. Been, you yeah. know. One thing we we didn't talk about uh, was uh, the uh, the mash. Oh yeah, mash on this. That's right. So it's a. Uh, it's basically a, uh, an infusion-style mash, and uh, uh, just uh, strike at about 157. So it's relatively hot, but not screaming hot like a lot of Lagunitas beers. One, one common thread in a lot of our beers. Wait, wait, wait. But 157 is not... Is, you've That's got, the you mash temperature. Uh, yeah, 160. Really? A, lot of, a lot of our... Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Great. Uh, chewy. Uh, you want to have a beer that well, you have to chew. Yeah, yeah, That's a, a distinct... Fan. It's a distinct... Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're known for our, our sweet beers, and, uh, you know, we're, we're proud of it. So, uh, But not all of them. Summer Crispy Crackery, a nice 150-degree mash. This one, uh, you know, 157. So, That's whatever you're So take into account, you know, your temperature of your grain and right. your water, and, you know, everyone who does infusion mashes knows what to do. Single step. Okay, now... Uh we're gonna need some yeast. What kind of yeast are you using on this beer? Uh, this is our our house, so it's our oh. our standard uh, English ale that English we. Ale. That's yeah. the uh, 002 or uh, uh, 19. Yeah, 
I don't even know. I just where do you get it from? White yeast or white labs? Uh, well, they they all have the same stuff. Um, let me see. It's probably double O two on yeah, white labs. Yeah, Ch- Chad's nodding his head. And uh, nineteen it's nineteen sixty eight on white yeast. The London ale yeah, yeast or something. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, all all yeast gets around by by theft. So they all got the same stuff, right? So once yeah, once it's there, it's there. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what do you what would you ferment this beer at? Do you cool in a little bit cooler, or do you just go right to a temperature and uh, let it rip? Uh, no, we have a profile, so uh, we cool in at sixty two, and we allow the the classic free rise to fermentation temperature sixty five. Sixty five. How long does that take? Sixty five. Primary is going to be about no, no. We're you're using the heat of fermentation. Oh, you're with glycol jacketing to keep it from getting too hot. Oh, so you're you got a program to get it to sixty. Yeah, we're, our fermenters are running a program as right. well. Good. And uh, so we're going to ferment at about 65 degrees for uh, f- uh, 48 hours. And then we're going to allow a free rise up to 68 and go for an additional 48 hours. And then we're going to allow a free rise all the way up to 70 for VDK reduction and dry hop essence oil extraction. There's a common thread in a lot of our beers. and uh, That's, that's still ter- terminal gravity. To TG. Right. right. All right. So, and then it'll... F- so part of your dry hop is a little warmer. The dry hop period is warmer. Yeah, everything goes faster at warmer temperatures. Gotcha. So, uh, um, you know, some some brewers like to uh, use more powdery yeast strains that don't flock quite as much, and they'll employ a little bit of cooling. Uh-huh. The cooling will stimulate uh, yeasts to drop out, and then they'll dry hop knowing that, you know, those yeasts have dropped out, they've removed them, and those cell walls are like little sponges, and all your oils stick to them. So you, uh, you, the idea is you want to drop the yeast before you dry hop. Sure, that way you get a good, you get a good extraction. Right, right. And uh, alternatively, you can just use a yeast that falls out on its own and not need that cooling step, because that cooling step is it's going to be tough to recover from. It takes a long time for fermented beer with no m- metabolic activity, because fermentation is a heat liberating process. So if you don't have uh, fermentation, you're not going to have any any heat being created, right. so it might not warm up, right. which means your your dry hop extraction will crawl. Right. So it's slow. Yeah. So you know. Now, do you dry hop uh, when you're at terminal gravity, or do you get you put it in them just before? Or I know that previously on one of our shows, you yeah. said you do ninety five percent, but I think you. We try to we try to go. We try to go with a little bit left, but mostly done. That would be the 95%. Okay. Um, we're playing around with exactly wins better. And it, a lot of this is a relic from having indoor tanks and dry hopping by pouring the hops in the top, right. which comes with an, an enormous oxygen pickup. Sure. So there's a premium and an advantage to dry hopping early because that fermentation yeah, helps, helps it purge it out. Right. Um, but now that we dry hop pneumatically, we don't have any kind of a... Uh, pickup, and we're experimenting with waiting until they're pretty much just done. Right. Um, and finding that um, the hop character is a little bit more refined, a little right. bit more crisp, a little bit more clean. Especially mm-hmm. since you want to drop the yeast anyway. So if you've got yeah. 5% left, yeah. you've got some yeast in suspension, you'd really rather than not have in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, you always want some yeast. Right. But, uh, um, you know, we're, we're finding that it, it's, it seems to have a pretty good effect because... Yeast don't flock until they sense that food is exhausted. There you go. They continue to hang out until that point. Hmm. So uh, knowing that, you might wait until fermentation is pretty much done 
and get that beer off the yeast and then dry hop it. That's what we're doing currently, and we think that it's, uh, you know, in tasting panels, we think that it's kind of brightened up, for lack of a better term, you know. We don't have any scientific equipment to quantify what it is we're we're tasting about the the hop oils, and hop oils are so complex, they don't even know all of them yet, and there's so many. (laughs) And so ultimately it just comes down to tasting and going, yeah, that's that's nice, and we're we're noticing a brightness. Uh, using maybe the, less muddled in some way. Yeah, well, it's the fermentation is like a boil, so yeah. it's going to scrub out the more delicate stuff. Right. Um, not Ooh. to say that people that dry hop a little early don't achieve really nice beers. Not no. saying that at all. Right. Uh, just saying, you know what what we're learning for our beers. Right. So your sensory evaluation. Exactly. Now you mentioned earlier that you uh, do add some uh, calcium sulfate uh, or gypsum to the. Uh, yeah, that's right. Water. Uh, you got um, any numbers on like? Yeah, what? yeah. Well, um, for for that. Uh, total for the mash consistency of 110 pounds per barrel for this 5,200 pounds, um, we're adding 13 pounds of uh, calcium sulfate. Okay. So you can kind of backtrack yeah, that be that. for the for the five gallon. Yep. Okay, and uh, well, let's see. Why that's pretty much. Uh, yeah, we pretty much covered uh, everything we need. Hot to know. side, you covered yeast. Certainly gave me a lot of information about your process. I really appreciate that. Yep. Because uh, we're always looking for uh, more information on how we can all uh, make our beer a little bit better. I remember what I said earlier about what separates the yeah. little guys from the big guys. Anyone can come up with a great recipe, but it's yeah. process control is exactly. what makes right. the greats. Great. All right. Well, thanks for that tip, and uh, thanks for having me here today. Uh, hope we'll be uh, seeing you soon. Thanks a lot. Our pleasure. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand, most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand, the only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer and start brewing from the top tier. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. 
Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, Special Rotating Taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joes, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. Since 1921, Mundins has been a provider of quality malted grain and extract. What did he just say? What did he say? That's 90 years of locally sourced grain for home brewers and professional brewers alike. All farm within 50 miles of our malt houses. What? I can't understand what this guy said. Last part. Whole and crushed malts, including wheat and peated malt, liquid extract, hopped and unhopped, as well as dried malt extract. Everything from beginner home brewer kits to all the ingredients an infant's home brewer needs. Something about trains? What? Language is this guy speaking? He's from Austria. <laughs> Mundins is proudly serving brewers in 54 countries and honored to be a leader in mowing. Can you understand this guy? No. <laughs> That's a really free language. Muntons for brewing, distilling, and baking. Quality malted grain and extract for 90 years. Make your malt Muntons. Now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? All right, we're five hours into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. High energy. Let's keep High going. Energy. Yeah, I left home around uh, 430. Was that yesterday or today? No. <laughs> Two weeks ago. Like well, after midnight. Uh, we're doing <laughs> And the beers just keep getting uh, beer was it again? stronger. Oh, you need is Maximus. All right. So uh, during the break, we tasted uh, what turned out to be three samples. We've got the Adam. We've got the Eve. And we've got the Steve. The, the, no, we got the, the, the northern, gender, northern Brewer. The gender-confused Northern Brewer. Yes. Northern Brewer. <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate that. Oh, good. Yeah, good way, good way of identifying our sponsor. They don't listen. They might actually. Nah, they'll never hear this. Anyway. Yeah, they don't listen. They don't, they don't care. Um, and the and the uh, <laughs> what's, what, what's, the, what's, oh, the, what's the play here? Why are, uh, we're all expecting two, of course. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Nate, what, you're the you're the brewer here. What, I what was the doing? brewer this time. Does so one, on, one have some sort of like caffeine? We're in confused. It or one has caffeine in it to keep us awake. No, just kidding. The other um, has heroin to put you to sleep. Yes. So uh, I took I I made ten gallons of this beer and I split it between uh, two yeasts one from yeast supplier A and one from yeast supplier B yeasts that are supposed to be the equivalent uh-huh. of each other right. uh-huh. um, the yeast that was recommended for this uh, recipe and it's interesting to uh, taste the difference that you get between the two right. Um, right you know it's it's not a monumentous huge difference but it's there's some slight difference and it's kind of cool to taste them side by side with the commercial beer and uh, jeremy didn't really say for sure in the interview which supplier they used but mm -hmm, hinted mm -hmm. that they 
you know, do use this uh, 02 or 1968 type of yeast, but right. they may even have a different supplier than, than those two. The commercial guys have a mm-hmm. few other folks that uh, aren't available to homebrewers. So. They can have their own strain. I mean, he never... Yeah, I, exactly. I, I he never really said for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, um, you know, the Adam and Eve, I'd say those are the two most similar, and those right. are cloned. Um. The Northern Brewer has a real, a, a much stronger fruity character to it, uh, kind of pineapple, mm-hmm. a lot of pineapple, mm-hmm. and um, like playing off the Cascade hops in particular. I think yeah, on that one, there's maybe. there's a and, or an and ester that, or something. That character is present in the Eve, but in a in a in a subtle way, and I think it's even more subtle in the Adam. But the Adam is, you know, the closest, and that that's definitely cloned. Yeah, Eve is uh, is definitely the commercial beer, and Adam and Northern Brewer are the uh, homebrew samples. The homebrew samples, yeah. yeah. That's what I would have guessed. Yep. But I, I, I'd call it cloned between Adam and Eve, and I'd say Northern Brewer is an interesting beer, but um, too different a fermentation character to really mm. fly on this one. Right. It's got a more malt left over. Yeah. What, what do you say, Tasty? Well, yeah, I agree. Uh, Adam and Eve are uh, cloned. Uh, they're both. I like the hop profile, especially in in, uh, in Nate's beer. It's nice and fresh. Not that the Eve isn't, but uh, uh-huh. the hop profiles line up really well. I mean, you can tell it's uh, it, the beer is only sixteen days old, and they yeah. just barely pulled it off the dry hop, so it has that freshness yeah. in its favor for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I, these are pretty much brewery fresh samples we got for the Maximus as well. So I'm yeah, not. That's true. I'm not thinking their beers is like in any way not fresh. So I, I like the way yours lines up. Uh, yeah, and I like the uh, Northern Brewer beer, but it's uh, just not quite the same uh, uh, clean, dry finish I was looking mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. But you'd call the Adam call, and Eve clone? Yeah, definitely clone. All right. How about you, JP? Uh, i definitely call it clone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Adam and the Eve, the Eve being the commercial beer, um, taste very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Very, very similar. Um, you know, at first I thought, well, the Eve was just kind of harsh. Uh, but as it either you know warms up or probably uh, like you had said earlier, the uh, carbonation kind of comes down. Mm-hmm. They line up really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I and I'd be very very hard pressed, and I don't really know uh, Maximus a whole lot. I don't really drink a whole lot of it, so um, I'd be very hard pressed to to you know put these in two different glasses. I couldn't tell them apart. All right, All right. So great job, great great job. Thank you, Sam uh, Nathan. What do you think? Uh, this being your challenge, uh, do you feel like you delivered that you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Them, I, really, the the Adam sample and the Eve sample line up the best, and that, the main difference between the uh, the split batch on the homebrew side was uh, in just in terms of raw numbers on the technical side was just attenuation, mm-hmm. and Adam finished at five Plato, which is where Maximus okay. finishes out, and I think that and the Adam was which yeast. Adam was uh, 1968. The Y East, yeah, the Y East, and and the the Northern Brewer was Northern Brewer was White Labs 02, uh-huh. and 02 kept going and attenuated down to four Play-Doh. Hmm. So it's a it's a drier beer, but mm-hmm. because of that, perhaps I tried as my best possible to treat the yeast in terms of taking care of the pitches and right. growing them up on a stir plate and whatnot, keeping everything equal equal fermentation temp. Brought them up to 68 degrees for the dry hop. Um, similar to what uh, Jeremy had, had suggested. You know, for whatever reason, the O2, uh, the Northern Brewer sample that we have in front of us here, that just kept going. Mm-hmm. And it kept attenuating a little bit further. And, right. 
you know, I think we're getting a little bit more alcohol out of that one and probably a little bit more ester mm-hmm. for whatever reason. It just uh, Well, and, you know, a cooler fermentation or, you know, something like that it may have uh, resulted in, you know, a similar profile to more to uh, Northern Brewer or to uh, Lagunitas. Um, so uh, what fermentation temp did you use on that? I uh, pitched at 62 mm-hmm. and uh, kept it uh, between 62. It rose up a little bit during fermentation to about 64. Hmm. And it's I kept it between uh, 62 and 64 for right. uh, the first seven days. And then uh, for the remaining seven days, along with the dry hop, I raised it up to 68 degrees to help it clean up. Mm-hmm. And to uh, since this beer was a two-week beer total, until it was transferred into kegs, I wanted that extra... A bit of temperature for the seven day dry hop. Jeremy talked about, and mm-hmm. it was really interesting listening to him talk about this. And that's one reason why I did it is that the higher temperatures help speed everything up and help extract a bit of the hop oils. Normally, I do about a two week dry hop for a beer like this, but um, mm-hmm. you know, in the interest of kind of replicating what those guys do and doing things in time for the show, it was an interesting experiment to do a seven day dry hop at a little bit warmer temp mm-hmm. than I normally would. Yeah. All right, let's uh, do a quick uh, run-through of the recipe, and then uh, we'll take a short break and, and hear more about uh, Nathan's Brew Day. Uh, like all the recipes on this show, uh, this is six gallons at the end of the boil. Uh, your starting gravity is 1.081, or 19.5 Play-Doh. Your anticipated SRM is 8.6, anticipated IBU 102.9, using the Rager formula. That's a 70% efficiency, 90-minute uh, boil time. You are looking for uh, 77.6% or 6.74 kilograms of uh, domestic two-row malt, uh, 15.4% or 1.34 kilograms of wheat malt, uh, 3.9% or 330 grams of a light Munich malt, and 3.2% or 280 grams of a crystal 60. Uh, hopping is uh, 31 and a half grams of Willamette, 5% alpha acid, 90 minutes, 7 grams Horizon, 12%, 90 minutes, 35 grams Willamette, uh, 5.2% at 45 minutes. Also at 45 minutes, you have um, 17 and a half grams Centennial at 10%, 17 and a half grams Liberty at 4%, and 17 and a half grams Cascade at 6%. Then you have uh, 38.5 grams of Cascade at 6% for 20, minute, uh, 20 minutes. And your dry hoppings are uh, 24.4 grams of Centennial, Cascade, Simcoe, uh, all for dry hopping. And the yeast, uh, we feel the Y yeast 1968 is the, uh, the yeast to use for this. And uh, should should get you real close. Uh, mash temp was uh, 157 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And let's see, in our notes we have gypsum, uh, 110 pounds per barrel of mash. Uh, final gravity, 5 Play-Doh. Note that in the recipe the kettle hops are all calculated at 6 gallons, but the dry hop amounts are calculated for 5 gallons of beer. For dry hopping, it is about 4.9 grams per gallon of finished beer. For each of the, these three varieties of hops, ferment uh, 62 to 65 degrees Fahrenheit for 48 hours and to 68 uh, for 48 hours, then 70 Fahrenheit. 20-minute edition is really their whirlpool edition. All right. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, 
uh, we'll we'll wrap this up. Back after this. And now, Northern Brewer brings you another installment of The, the Time Brewers. When last we left our heroes, they found themselves in 1842 in the province of Bohemia. Yo, this era jerky. All the beers is murky. What ho, friends, a male alewife. I don't know what I'm doing, so I got this dark malt, yeah? More stinky dark beer, yeah. No, sir. Please, wait. Just a moment. Aye, a package from the future from Northern Brewer. Use the Pilsner malt, my good man. And the sots hop, sucker. They ain't noble like Queen Victoria, but you can use Sterling from Portland to Astoria. Let your war caramelize and let Melanodins harmonize in a long boil. Keep your starter undercover with aluminum foil. Boo. And use it thou some bog myrtle. Northern Brewer is your one-stop homebrew supplier throughout the entire Fermento chronosphere. The widest selection of quality malt, hops, yeast, $7.99 flat rate shipping, and get your nasty ass bog myrtle back to the dark ages, brother Abelard. Hey, this golden lager with the happy hops pretty damn good. Thanks, Time Brewers. Thanks, Northern Brewer. Our work here is done, my friends. Now, to wherever we are next, we did. Tune in next time for the continuing adventures of the Time Brewers. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, so I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients in the best customer service in the business. 
Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. You will what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. All right. Maximus. Magnus <laughs> Maximus. I have it written down. Maximus. Maximus. Just uh, losing the ability to speak. Yeah, what were we doing? Uh, wrapping up. So, oh, Nathan, yeah, how did uh, that go? yeah you, you, you obviously uh, cloned this beer. Um, any tips? Anything uh, different, unusual about this? Uh, it's, it's a pretty fun recipe to take on in many ways because it was a really old school IPA and reminded me of stuff that I used to brew back in 1998, 99. Just the mm-hmm. real big mash temp, you know, mixing in things like a back wheat, in the last century. wheat malt, uh, English ale yeast, you know, lots of cascade, late hopping and dry hopping and stuff like that and really enjoyed tasting that. It was pretty cool to revisit you know, a lot of brewing I'd done in the past, mm-hmm. and uh, it was pretty cool listening to Jeremy talk about things like a thick mash. I tried to emulate that too in the brewing process. Did about uh, one quart per pound. Did a nice thick mash for enzyme protection because this beer mashed in at one fifty seven. I don't think I've ever mashed in that high before. I think about one fifty four was the top, so that was kind of a little bit scary for a second mm-hmm. going going mm-hmm. up at that high in terms of the, the sacrification rest. But I think you know Lagunitas beer profile is all about mouthfeel and that's one reason why they focus on adding wheat into almost all their beers too is they really going for a specific thing and so 157 is really important mm-hmm. in this beer you know and the, they with the ferment cool to exactly offset that those exactly yeah esters the ferment ferment cool and go in you can get like especially the yeast that they're using i mean you can get a lot of process control out of that too a fairly yeah. clean fermentation but then you know the yeast flocks really well and that kind of stuff too so it was cool to revisit that as i don't do a lot of english ale yeast beers but especially ipas and it was nice to see them really really look out well for uh for cloning this beer um yeah 157 f uh sacrification temp which was which was pretty unusual though so i think on the interview kind of I, stopped doing that. I stopped him when he said that although i i knew you that, did i think yeah i know that people have been like critical or well and we did uh, is high, high mesh temperature i brewed the lagunitas ipa didn't i Maybe you did. And, yeah, uh, I think so. And that was like 158 or 160, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Really up there. Big. And, and, high mash. And the story had always been that they did, yeah. they they fermented, they mashed at 160, yeah. and no one would believe it. They're like, oh, they're just lying because they don't want to tell anybody anything. Right. <laughs> no, you can do yeah, that. Sure it's a really enough, fun, yeah. the alpha amylase activity and really, mm-hmm. you know, protect the long chain sugars that you get from the base malt and so forth. That's a really, really cool way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of fun to do this beer, too, is it was the first. Uh, IPA I done with the 2010 crop hops. I used 2010 whole hops. 
mm-hmm. for everything in the boil. And then, uh, of course, um, had had to use a 2009 pellet hops for the dry hops. The uh, 2010 pellet hops aren't available yet, but uh, nice to get that, that fresh hop uh, flavor, mm-hmm. especially in a bit of aroma coming from the boil with those nice brand new hops. Uh, transferring the beer, it was just you could smell the aromatics coming off of it. It's really... Really nice recipe that they provided for us on this. It was great. Did a little bit of water treatment, just a bit of gypsum, as uh, Jeremy does at Lagunitas. Uh, did about uh, 5.5 grams. It turned out just enough to get the calcium level up past about 50 parts per million. Uh, There's about 5.5 grams of gypsum for the uh, just the mash only in a 10-gallon batch. Um, the only messed up thing that happened in this beer is I uh, had a really old... Um, burner stand that i'd used for uh research forever and it finally gave up the ghost on this mm. batch and i couldn't get to the full 165 f mash up for the timing for mm. the full uh, 15 minutes that i wanted to mm. uh propane leak became too <laughs> <laughs> nasty i was either gonna uh burn down my garage or suffocate myself so i right. figured i would just cut the <laughs> cut my losses and stop the uh research and the, the mash out only i'd only done it for about two three minutes um before i hit that point so yeah. I think the the efficiency may have suffered a little bit for that, or just the runoff was a little bit slow because of that, but that was the only other weird thing that happened. Uh, Fermentation-wise, uh, pitched at 62 and kept it between 62 and, and 64 for seven days and then dry hopped for seven days at 68 degrees. So raised it up to uh, help the yeast clean up any diacetyl or anything else that would have been left. And um, the Much like uh, commercial brewers like Lagunitas would do, tried to speed up the extraction of hop oils and the dry hop by holding it at, at 68 for the uh, duration of that seven-day dry hop. So mm-hmm. this beer that we tasted was 16 days old, which is pretty quick for a 19-and-a-half uh, Play-Doh beer, right. but I think it, yeah. it turned out all right. Yeah, yeah that, that, that cold fermentation, you think it might take a little bit longer, too, but it uh, seems to have finished up. Yeah, that week at 68, that after having keeping it, it down yeah. between 62 and 64, mm-hmm. it seemed to work out okay. It took mm-hmm. off, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Fun beer to make, really, really enjoyed it. Jeremy provided a ton of nice technical info in the interview, which is pretty cool, too, to emulate that. Great job. Nice. All right, JP, we got any uh, questions in the chat that apply to this beer? We do. <gasps> oh, cool. I know, right? Uh, actually, they're both from the same... No. They're both from the same person. There you go. We got a winner. All right, <laughs> got a winner. If somebody wants to really want some dance, it's gotta brown, be a good question. I, I don't blame him. Oh, like I said, the best, right? Uh, uh, this ought to be a good question. Let's see. So, Spider Wrangler, Spider Wrangler. in the mm. chat uh, wanted to know: uh, Would it be possible to make a hop extract tea by boiling hops in a smaller low gravity wort to get a higher utilization, then straining hops out and adding that to the boil to get bittering without excessive hop matter in the boil? I imagine as a replacement for using hop extract. Or just to limit the loss that limit you'd get loss, from yeah. from uh, hops soaking oh, up uh, yeah. water the or something like loss, that. Yeah. Volume loss. Yeah, I guess if you're doing a really, really small batch, you might be worried about something like that. But I think as to get that right and to really figure out where you are IBU-wise, it'd be a tough thing to to really calculate and pull off all that well. I don't know. You could mess around with it, but it'd be mm-hmm. much easier to procure yourself a bit of hop extract. I think... Uh, our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer, sells some in those little hop shots things. I think mm-hmm. they were selling. I'm not sure if they still do. I'm pretty sure yeah. they do. You can get a measured amount, small amount of hop extract that you can put in your uh, beer instead. If you're really worried about vegetal matter, I'd recommend going that route instead of trying to 
boil a hop tea and then add that back seems mm-hmm. more problematic and and more uh, hassle than it might be worth. Yeah, you know? excellent. And uh, again, a spider wrangler asks, would it be possible? Oh wow, I almost read the same question twice because uh, cut and copy wasn't working. He says, is the balance between grist, water, and mash temperature important to make this beer? Can the same fermentability profile be obtained by lower temperature and changing thickness to compensate? Ah, interesting well, question. What yeah. do you think, Jamil? You, 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 you can, but the, the difference in, in uh, mash thickness uh, and its effect on fermentability is really pretty small. Uh, you know, a degree of temperature in, uh, you know, mash temperature is a much bigger uh, difference than the thickness. So, uh, you know, to some extent you can, but really you need to keep your mash temp right. Yeah, I think otherwise. on the homebrew level in particular, you'd probably want to try and target mash temp first. Yeah. And then see if you need to adjust thickness from there. Right. But and the difference in, you know, fermentability from like a one-to-one to a four-to-one is really minor. It's mm-hmm. a real small difference. In sugar composition. Jeremy in the interview mentioned that thickness is really important for what they do at Lagunitas. So if a brewer had problems replicating a beer like this with a thinner mash, but still mashing at the temperature recommended, you could re- you could right. think about going thicker and seeing if that makes a difference. But I think part of that is just due to the large amounts of grain and and you know the enzyme mash temperature protection that they get from. Mm-hmm. hundreds and thousands of gallons of, <laughs> of stuff versus uh, right. five or ten maybe I don't know it's not the thickness it's how, how you use it yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that's all from the chat alright so uh, Spider Wrangler you know provide your your information yeah. your shipping information to, to uh, uh, tasty at the t- network dot com there you go and he's going to send you out some Janet's Brown for your fine questions and your ability to hang out to the end of the show. Exactly. As long as you're in the U.S., uh, I think... I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I don't think, There's some uh, question tasty, about your... Let's be reasonable yeah. here. Yeah. Um, because uh, otherwise it could be hundreds of dollars. Uh, but, you know, that's Tasty's problem, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So another great show. Thanks, everybody, uh, for sticking with us and, and doing these uh, these shows. Thanks especially to t- my, my partner here, Tasty, it's and Nathan for, for sticking it out with us yeah, uh, cheers. all evening long. And uh, especially you guys for, for brewing these great beers. So. Yeah, thanks for the uh, opportunity, man. Yeah, thanks thanks, uh, thanks a bunch. And, and you, JP, for running the board and paying attention to the show. Uh, Trying to. Something uh, Justin was never able to do, uh, pay attention to the show. Well, I'm also better looking at it. You, you're much better. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, you know, check out our great sponsor, Northern Brewer, northernbrewer.com. They got all the ingredients so you can brew these candy brewed beers, and they're good people as well. Till later, brew strong and open. <laughs>